Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for October 20th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolute phenomenal show lined up for you today. However, a little bit shorter. Um, Nick, Nick had a kid. So Nick is adjusting to having a newborn in his house. So he will be out for the next couple of weeks. So no, Nick... David, players got to play. David had a day, and Brandon is sick. So it's just me and XFL Jim today. But I will cover everything. I will share my NASCAR bets. I will share the two NFL bets. And I will also um, share the fantasy football talk. And then Jim will share his CFL bets. So like I said, good show today. A little bit different than the show. Apologize for that, but it is what it is. As always, the ETOF21 Sports Show is live on Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Make sure to check that out. Drew Garrison of the Cincinnati Jungle is this week's special guest. Really looking forward to having Drew on talking some shop. Now let's jump into the Thursday night football game. And what the fuck was that? Like literally, like what the fuck was that? But just look at it. The Saints dominated that second half. Dominated. On the Kirk touchdown, they had 29 total rushing yards and 12 total pass yards before that play. That one play to Christian Kirk where the left tackle started false. Shouldn't have counted was their biggest play and their only play of the second half. Just a complete bluff. They also got the pick six. Look. I know this team's 5-2. and two. I know they're 3-0 away. But to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of these teams. Maybe they're like the Minnesota Vikings in terms of last year. Just a team that gets the stuff going the right direction come playoff time. Going to be looking to fade. Good against the run. They can be passed on. Offensive line has some issues. Look, I'm just not a big Jaguars guy. Secondly, look at the Saints. I don't understand. You have... The Jags, who are in traveling hell, and their defense was on the field for over 70 plays. What the fuck was that coming out? Nothing. Nothing offensively. Derek Carr can't throw the ball down the field. He starts bitching at Olave when Olave stopped running a route. It's like, dude, you've never thrown the ball down the field the last two weeks. Then you finally start to throw it down the field. Then you start bitching them out. Their whole offense is Kamara right, Kamara left, swing pass Kamara. That is basically their whole fucking offense. And it makes you think, how fucking bad is Jameis Winston that they're going to throw out Derek Carr? And then you have Foster Monroe, and don't get me wrong, great, he came back from cancer, great, he's out there playing. You have him talking to Kamara, talking to Michael Thomas, talking to Derek Carr, like he's a leader. And then he drops that touchdown pass. How are you on a team in the National Football League you can't make a high school level catch. And then the whole thing about him crying, having me consulted on the sideline. Look, man, I'm happy you, you you battled, you beat cancer, much respect for you, all the props in the world. But God damn, dude, you got to bring that in. And, the, and if you can't bring that in, you shouldn't be in the league. You should not be in the league if you can't catch that ball. Because that was a high school level ball. High school level. Offense for the Saints looked better when they started pushing the ball a little more, playing with a little bit more tempo. But at the end of the day, as much as everyone wants to jock them, I wasn't high on this team, but this was the spot of spots. You couldn't get it done. 
You couldn't get it done. Allen's not a head coach. Carr Michael's not an OC. Carr is your quarterback for the next three years of that contract. It's going to be hell. Hell on earth in New Orleans. Um, for the Saints, look, offensive line needs to be better. They need to do a better job of throwing the ball downfield. And at the end of the day, they miss Jawan Johnson. John Johnson can block. He can actually catch the ball. Legit tight end. Those are my thoughts. We unfortunately missed our Saints money line bet. We had him at minus 107. Clearly beat the market. But it, it's one of those. Th- it's it's a crazy fucking thing in the NFL this season. You just get all. It's it's over 60%. Obviously, it was at 60% when I did my research going in on Thursday when I talked about this. The public's just fucking murdering it. Like, the amount of public bettors that are just betting with no research and winning. And it's like, you know, it has you thinking, why am I killing myself doing all this research when I could just say, oh, this team's better, they're going to cover. It's fucking remarkable. Fucking remarkable. But I think, you know, we are going to start. We saw it, you know, obviously with the Giants covering against the Bills, the Eagles not no sorry the jets covering it and winning against the eagles browns covering winning against the browns we're starting to see this stuff and hopefully this will get back to the norm because i'm the fan i'm the farthest thing from a public better but we're seeing a lot of people that i know don't have the history of winning at sports betting winning at sports betting um now in terms of the bets for this weekend david has a date you know shot Shout out to the guy, kid. Players got to play. Um, so we're going to be, what he's doing is he sent me what he's betting. His first bet is he's taking Miami and Philly over the 20, 24 for the first half. And for the side, he's taking the Chiefs minus the five and a half. My first bet, obviously I'm going to a side. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Player total. Taking Luke Musgrave over 33 and a half yards receiving. The wide nine defense of Van Joseph can be exploited via the tight end. And that's what the Broncos obviously run because Joseph is their DC. Broncos, last week, Kelsey, nine for 124. Week before that, Conklin, four for 67. Cole Komet, seven for 84. And Bates from the Commanders, three for 96. The only two players that have not gone over this total were Austin Hooper from the Raiders in week one and Drew Smythe of the Finns on whatever week that was, a couple weeks ago. Um, Musgrave has gone over this total three of five games, averages four receptions, five targets, 32 yards a game, third on the team in targets. Just like I said, just with how they play the defensive scheme, this is a great fucking matchup for Luke. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking some DFS in a little bit. Luke should be in your DFS lineups as well. The side I'm going to go to is I'm going to Baltimore. And this one hurts me. This one hurts me a lot. Anyone that has listened to this, watched me on any of the streams, watched me on the ETOP21 Sports Show, knows I really am a huge Lions fan. Grew up a Lions fan, but I'm fanning them this week. I took the Baltimore Ravens minus three. Reason is this. I really feel that this is the peak value of the Lions in the market. They've been playing great. I don't know how much better they can play. And some people use the term schedule loss. I feel this is a scheduled loss on their schedule. 
Lions. We're starting to see injuries mount in the backfield. Obviously, right now it looks like Jameer Gibbs may be the only running back, but also they have huge injuries in the back four. Gardner Johnson out, Mosley out for the year. Brian Branch, really don't know what we're going to get from him if he's going to be able to go. But this makes their third, fourth DBs thrust into the limelight, and I really feel the Ravens are going to be able to throw in them. Ravens are starting to get a little bit healthy. Obviously, there's the concerns about Jared Goff outside. You look at his splits a little bit lower. There could be some weather concerns over the weekend. And Lamar Jackson is a three-point favorite or less. Is 70% ATS, 70% against the number. Are you fucking kidding me with how good that is? I will take the Ravens here minus the three points. And I'm sorry. I am sorry, Detroit. But look, dude, these are my boys. You know, this. these are my boys. And sometimes you need to bet against your boys to make some money. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens minus the three points. Now, in terms of fantasy, look, you guys killed it sending in your questions. But before we drop over to your fantasy football questions, Going to build the lineup. Obviously, those listening for the first time, normally when Nick's here, Nick and I go back and forth about players. No Nick just means me just talking, just rapid fucking fire about the players I'm building. I use three players. I'm going to give you the three players. Obviously, I'm going to use Musgrave, but I'm not going to put him in this build. The first one we're going to go to, the quarterback position, and we're using DK scoring. We're going Justin Herbert, and everyone knows and listens to this, knows we want 20 points for the quarterback. I like Herbert here. He is averaging the most fantasy points per game for quarterbacks, 23.2 points. Best quarterback the Chiefs have played this season in my eyes. Lowest point total for the year is 19.1. In his career, he averages 23.5 points per game against the Chiefs. Range this year, 33 to 17. I really feel you can throw on this Chiefs team defensively they have been good but I really don't think they've played anyone that well and this is going to be the best guy they've thrown against and I think that Herbert's going to be able to move the ball Allen's going to be able to work it work it underneath Palmer and Johnson are going to be able to stretch the field and then you have Eckler coming out of the backfield I absolutely love Justin Herbert at $8,000 I feel that a lot of people are going to go to Mahomes but I want to have Herbert in this one in terms of the running back position look obviously with the news Sometimes when we do this fantasy football thing, we need to remember that we need to look at the defensive linemen that these running backs are going to be going against. And Cleveland is playing Indianapolis, and Indianapolis lost Glover Stewart, who's one of the best, not on the Colts, but best in the league stopping the run. And I really feel this is going to open up stuff for Jerome Ford, so he would be a good option, but that's not where I'm going for my build. For what I'm going in my build is I'm going up to Seattle. Give me Kenneth Walker, $7,000. Cardinals give up the fifth most draft king points per game to opposing running backs. Look at this. Week six, Kyron Williams, 21.8 points, RB4. Week five, Joe Mixon, 13.4, RB14. Week four, CMC, 48.7, RB1. Week three, Pollard, 15.1, RB13. Week two, Saquon, 27.2, RB3. Week one, Bijan Robinson, 13.6, RB15. The lowest an RB has finished is 15 against this defense. And that was Bijan Robinson in week one. Look, I absolutely love 
this matchup. And sorry, it's not Bijan Robinson. It was Brian Robinson. My fault. Jesus Christ. What the fuck am I talking about? Brian Robinson from the Commanders scored 13.6. RB15. The worst they've done is that RB15. Walker has the third most carries inside the 20 in the NFL. Second most carries inside the 10 in the NFL. First more. First most carries inside the five. If you saw my D at my fantasy football rankings, Walker's in my top five. I think he could easily be RB1 for this slate of games. Give me former Michigan State great Kenneth Walker III as my RB. Next, in the wide receiver position, we're paying down. We're going to Zay Flowers. Give me Zay Flowers. He's wide receiver 22 on the year, coming off a 17.1 point performance against the Titans. Now he's facing the Lions, who are banged up in the back four. Brian Branch is the Lions slot corner, and that means he will be matched up against Jacobs or Cam Sutton. Obviously, Brian James is banged up, ankle injury. Even if he goes, he's not going to be 100%. Sutton is allowing a 66% catch rate. And you look at this, the Lions are allowing the 14th most DK points to opposing wide receivers. They've been great against the run, but you can't throw on them. Now all these injuries are piling up. I like Zay Flowers. So there you have it, the players... Are we going Herbert at eight grand? Kenneth Walker, $7,000, and Zay Jones at $5,700. Next, here are the fantasy football questions that have been set in Elijah Mitchell or Jalen Worland. Look, I'm rolling the dice that even if CMC plays, he's going to be limited. I think this equals more chances for Elijah Mitchell. Listening to the Shanahan press conference, I think Mitchell is going to be back. I think they were purposely holding him out giving Mason more runs, so I'll take Eliza Mitchell here. Next, we have Keontae Ingram or A.J. Dillon. Ingram is a starting back. He's only going to be out on the pass catching. A.J. Dillon, it really really depends on what's going on with Aaron Jones, (laughs) and I would like to think Jones would play, but maybe he's a little bit more injured because they brought in James um, Robinson, but I think Jones is going to be back. I think he's going to get a full slate. And I think Dylan's just going to be the short short yardage, maybe a goal line carry, goal line back, excuse me. So I'll take Ingram next, Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor. Look, props whoever sent this in. You did a great job handcuffing with Moss and Taylor. Moss still going to be a factor because, look, they're going to try to trade him, so they need to show he's got value. But this is an absolute brutal matchup going against the Cleveland Browns, so I'm going to go with a better player. I'll have to go with Jonathan Taylor. Jamison Williams or Michael Wilson. Look, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Williamson is always going to be the third option on a pass. On a, excuse me, on a run for his team. So I'll take Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. Deontay Johnson or Georges Addison. Look, Deontay is back. He's a target monster. I feel Osborne is the guy in Minnesota that's going to be the guy you want, going to be the guy that's going to be targeted more. So I'll take Deontay Johnson. Last one, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel or Josh Downs. Downs is going against the Browns and has Gardner Minshew as his quarterback. That's enough fucking said for me. Gardner Minshew is not a quarterback in the NFL. Gardner Minshew fucking sucks. Curtis Samuel last three weeks, averaging 17 points per game, wide receiver nine, scoring 14.2, 18.5, and 18.2. I will take Curtis Samuel there. Guys, these questions fucking rock. Please keep on sending them in. That way I can keep helping you. As always, when Nick comes back, this is a good segment. It's going to be a lot longer, usually about a 40-minute segment. So any questions, let me know, and I'll do my best to help. Now, 
Let's welcome the first guest of the show. Let's talk some CFL with the man, the myth, the legend, XFL fucking Jim. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking CFL. Who better come on than the man, the myth, the legend, XFL, CFL, USFL, UDLL, AFL, X-League, Jim. Jim, how you doing today, my man? Doing great. We're getting ready for some playoffs, baby. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs are right around the corner real quick. Uh, obviously, there's the big three, Toronto, Even Money, Winnipeg, plus 175, BC, plus 475. After that, Hamilton and Montreal, both 14 to 1, Saskatchewan, 50 to 1, Calgary, 75 to 1. Any of the, those futures pique your interest for the CFL? So, like, BC at plus 475 is interesting because they can make waves. Like, any of those top three can beat each other on any day. BC does have the ability to get hot, and I still think they have some of the strongest weapons. What about – I cannot talk you into Tiger Cats at 14-1. to 1, You cannot talk me to, to Tiger Cats, Stampeders, or Rough Riders for almost any amount. Okay. This is a three-horse race. Or Alouettes, by the way. Get them out of there, too. This is a three-horse race. Eric, the only team I was going to get on was our Elks. I know, and our Elks have ripped our hearts out, and they are gone. Technically, have, I, we, I, still, I have still yet to burn my Saskatchewan Rough Riders future ticket. So Respect, respect. Uh, we have... Only three games this week. Shorter slate. Starting off uh, Friday night, Calgary getting eight and a half, over under 49 and a half, going to BC. What say you, my friend? Uh, just give me the over in this game. I don't want to touch this total because I think Calgary is not a great team, and BC obviously really, really wants to win. Both teams really want to win. Calgary needs to win. Um. I like just points in this one. I think BC at home, I think their offense cooks. If I lean towards any spread, I'd take the minus eight and a half, but I don't want to touch it. What I'm going to do here, like you said, both teams need it. You know what I like to do here, Jim? I like to look at first half. I like to look at first half. And of course, our friends at Bet Online off the DM, our Friend of the program, Dave Mason, right now, and let him know that there's no first half line. So I'll go to another shop. I'm probably going to take this under. Oh, here we go. 24 and a half. 24 and a half for the first half under in Calgary and BC. I think that's what I'm going to be doing, my friend. Um, Next game, Saturday night. Saturday afternoon, excuse me. Toronto laying nine against the Rough Riders over under 50. What say you, my friend? Uh, again. Don't want to really touch this spread at all. Don't want to touch this game for the most part. Because Toronto, as much as we will always say that they've been coasting, they still dominate these games. They still own these teams. Saskatchewan needs this one. Especially, like, if Calgary wins, then the Rough Riders definitely need this one. All the pressure's on them. I don't want to touch it. If anything, Maybe give me an under 50 and a half, but other, I'm really not touching this one. I don't like this game. Um, Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, maybe Saskatchewan first half. I mean, I'd look toward that, but in terms of a full game, I really don't know. I mean, I really feel like if I'm Toronto, why do I want to get anyone hurt? But on the flip side, you got to make sure everyone's fresh going into the game. 
they've still been playing everybody. Like, they've still been keeping them. They've been rotating guys like crazy, but they're still winning these games by a crazy margin. Uh, last game, our baby Elks getting 12 on the road over under 50 and a half against the Blue Bombers. Give me the over. Give me the over. I want points in this game. I think Bombers, obviously especially depending on what happens Friday. So keep an eye on the Friday game because that affects this one. If PC wins, Winnipeg has to win to secure the West division. So I would kind of lead maybe to the Elks for the first half, getting the seven. Oh, I'm going to play the Elks first half regardless. I'll play them first half, money line. If you remember the last time these two teams have played, I believe the Elks were, like, winning for almost three quarters. Really? I'm trying to see the last time these two teams played. I remember it was very competitive. So that was week seven. Let me open that one. Oh, come on. Week seven... No, it was tied at half in week seven. But if I keep scrolling down, what was the last time these two teams played? There it is, week 10. Almost, Eric, almost 10 full weeks ago. Jesus, dude. Edmonton was up at half 22 to 10. And then, like, Winnipeg pulls away in the third and fourth quarter. But. Edmonton was up. They looked good. You know what we need to do, Jim? Get some Elks and maybe, merch. Maybe, what? Get some Elks merch. We need to book a trip for the Taste of Edmonton. What is that? July of 2024. You no, know, a little, little, little summer trip to Edmonton. Or K days. Experience the wonder of the midday of the midway at K Days, Edmonton's extravaganza of rides, games, music, food, and adventure. The rides and games alone will leave you breathless and wanting more. Watch as fireworks light up the night sky and cheer for the band on stage. Savor the tangy smokiness of the perfect barbecue rib. Tasty, warm, sugary bliss of freshly fried donuts and bite into the gooey Christmas, the crispest of a candy apple. Jim, I think we just booked our summer vacation. Eric, I think we did. Also, going to candy in the summer would be awesome. We're going to K-Days, Jim. When is that? Uh, just uh, July of 2024. I'm going to need you to book off the whole month. I could do that. July. And then we can go to a game. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> oh, perfect week. The perfect week in Edmonton. I mean, Katie, so Katie is what it was the, the 21st to the 30th of, the, of this of this year. General information, dude. Look at us, dude. Just just going on a stream here on Katie's, dude. Also, like that is the time I would want to go to Edmonton, by the way, is the summer. I don't want to go in the winter. Yeah, plan your trip. Okay, here we go. The most northern, I believe they're the most northern, like, CFL team, by far. 
No, you would have to get a passport, though. I have a passport, bro. Oh, you, Jim, sorry, man. Dude, sorry, I went man. to the Grey Cup like two years ago. Jim, I'm sorry, man. Jim, Your I forgot. Your boy stays ready to travel. So I'm looking at, should I just book my flight right now? How much is the flight? Should I make it just a four? Should I just make, should I just go for a week? I'm going to, I'm going to look it up too. Flying out of uh, fucking bumfuck nowhere. So if I get in July 19th and leave the 21st, fucking A, dude. 188 bucks, dude. Sign me the fuck No way. No fucking way. Fucking slap me in the ass and sign me. What day are you going, Eric? I would leave July 19th. And come back on the twenty first. Nice little, just just nice little in and out for the kid. Oh, just a three dayer. It's a nice little three dayer, Jim. Jim, Jim. How, I'm how, just, much, how much does that cost you, Eric? I, I'm looking at. I'm, dude, I'm on Expedia right now, dude. You want to know how much it cost me? Oh shit, on Expedia, it's it's five hundred bucks. It cost me two grand. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let me see my social airports. I'm looking at flights right now. I'd have to fly West Jet. Like, what the fuck is that? There we go. I found one, Eric, for uh, $877. So my cheapest flight I could get, I would leave Chicago at 930, okay? And then I'd have a three-hour and 20-minute layover in Minnesota, and then I'd get in at 4 p.m. to Edmonton eight hours later. I mean, all right, so obviously, you know what we're going to do, Jim? We're going to make this more realistic. I think we're going too far in advance. Let's just look at November 1st. You know, that way we can get a little bit more of a flight. Maybe people, you know what I'm saying, Jim? Maybe it's a little too far out. Or maybe it's just not our destiny to hang out in Edmonton together. I don't know. Oh, I bet it's cheaper. It's, uh, I mean, it is cheaper in November for me, but it's also gonna be it's, way colder. Well, I'm just saying, like, if we if we use that as a barometer for the flights, like, yeah, it'll probably be around like. I mean, if we, around, it'll be around like the six seven hundred dollar range. I bet. Which is yeah, that that just seems like way too much money. For that, like, I would go, I would go to the Grey Cup for that much. Like, I, I, I like call me old fashioned. I don't want to drop two grand on a vacation to fucking Edmonton for K days. No, I would go for the Grey Cup. Like I said, I would, I would go for the Grey Cup, and that's about it for that much. Jeez. Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on, planning a summer vacation for me. Why don't you tell everyone what your best bet is for the CFL this weekend? My oh, friend? my best bet is you know what? I'm going to say it's the over in the Edmonton and Winnipeg game over 50. I like that I like it quite a bit. I like it. Make sure you give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim on all social media. And I can't wait to talk next week, my friend. Yes, sir. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Him and I are going to be live with Chase every single Saturday previewing college football. And also we've decided we're going to do it for college basketball. So make sure to check that out. Uh, 9.30 Eastern time every single weekend. Also, give my boy a follow. We watched, we, we're at spring football Spring Fever every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, 
Let's talk some NASCAR. No Brandon today. Brandon is insanely under the weather, so I hope wishing him a speedy recovery. My first bet for NASCAR is I'm going Kyle Busch over Christopher Bell. Bell, career, average finish 13, Kyle Busch 15. But here's the thing. Bell only has three career races here compared to Bush's 18. Last time Bush finished outside of the top 10 was 2015. Bell mentioned how much he struggles here at Homestead after the race in Las Vegas. That's why I really wanted to win at Las Vegas. Visibly frustrated when he could not get the win. Bush runs better at this track. I'll take Kyle Bush over Bell. Next one, give me Truex. One finish outside the top 10 the last six races. 18 races here, seven top fives, 12 top 10, second best average finish. We are on Mark Truex at plus 625. Next one we are going to is we are going to the number six. Give me Brad Keselowski at Plus 2,000. Look, last three races, one top five, two top tens, 10th best average finish, led laps here. Last race ran well at Las Vegas and Darlington. Look, I really think with how Homestead plays, Kozlowski's in a great, great spot. So we'll take Brad Kozlowski at plus 2,000. There you have it, boys. Quick 30-minute podcast. As always, I appreciate the support. Thanks for tuning in. Etoff 2-1 Sports Show is back this Tuesday. Make sure to check that out. We'll be back with a full episode next week. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.